0: The following program is sponsored by Team Reba of REMAX Metro Eastside and Eric Osnes of Home Street Bank Home Mortgage. Welcome to Open House with Team Reba. Each week, Team Reba will be bringing you a roundup of real estate and mortgage news, along with information about the local Puget Sound region, highlighting some of the best and brightest entertainment options, family events, neighborhood highlights, and local business interviews, so you can feel right at home in the Pacific Northwest.
1: Welcome once again to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hassett, Team Reba Remax Metro East Side,
2: and I'm Eric Osmus from Home Street Bank Home Mortgage. Where every Saturday at three o'clock, we bring you information. On real estate and finance. Three o'clock. Did I say three o'clock? Two o'clock. Two o'clock. Every two to
1: three. You're thinking about our old time slot. I'm thinking about our old time yeah. slot. Yes. Well, you know three. what? These beautiful summer lazy days will make your brain just kind of melt a little bit. That's right. Oh, I know. I've it's hard to I've concentrate. had my brain. I, it is really hard to concentrate. I'm actually going to talk about how it's been affecting the local real estate market uh, here in a moment, but I will say. Right now, everybody's getting out. I mean, we've got these huge stretches of beautiful, beautiful weather, right? And mm-hmm. as I was just telling you before we got on air, I just got a new boat. Congratulations. So, yeah. yeah. So I was out there, you know, kind of melting in the sun like everybody yeah. else was here wow. in the last several days. And Like my neighbor once time. told
2: me when I bought a new boat, he said, everybody's entitled to make a mistake.
1: Oh, yeah. There you go. Well, let me tell you what I mean, though, about the weather and what's going on. I know we're going to get to the market rate update yeah, like we sure. normally do, but um, this has been on top of mind for a bunch of real estate professionals lately and even our clients as they're coming on with new listings because a lot of people, um, I hate to say it, but somewhat artificially wait till summertime to put their house on the market, mm-hmm, right? right? And I can't tell you how many times I've told people, stop doing that.
3: Yeah, don't stop. Wait.
1: stop. Yeah, well, it's it's not just don't wait. But here's the reality of Seattle summers. We've had a beautiful stretch of weather recently. And what ends up happening is let me ask you, when you see it that nice out, what do you want to do?
2: I don't want to get in a car and drive Mm -hmm. around and look at hot houses that Mm -hmm. are that are all locked up. Yeah, but what do you want to do? I want to get out on the water. Exactly. You want to get on the water. You want to get down to the lake. You want to be doing other stuff. You go on vacation. That's right.
1: Yeah. And what's funny is I'm watching my regular client base, you know, because I, I connect with a lot of my clients while we're, you know, getting to know each other. And so we're on social media together. And I see all of them, like Lake Chelan, out on Lake Washington, up in the San Juans. They're all, you know, out hiking, doing their things. Yeah. And then some of our clients put their house on the market and they're like, well, why hasn't it already sold? Yeah. How and you're like, because you just went on vacation and so did most of the rest of the city. Right. You right. know? And, plus, and so Plus
2: a lot of real estate agents that... Would be yeah. showing houses
1: are also gone. Yeah, and so I'll tell you, it's I've had this conversation numerous times over the last several weeks when we've had these warm stretches, mm. and every single real estate agent I'm talking to is freaked out. Oh, really? They're totally freaked out, and it's because we have this Seattle slump, right? That happens the summer yeah. slump, yeah, because everyone wants to dump their, you know, they they listen to all these national suggestions about when to time putting your house on the market. And frankly, I, I tell them over and over, they don't always listen, but people tend to put their homes on. Now, here's what I'll tell our listeners where it makes sense. First of all, look at what kind of property you have to sell, right? Look at what area you're in. If you're selling a one bedroom, one bath condo, it does not matter what time of year you sell that thing, right? Right, because guess what? The people who want to move in the summer—it's not just because of weather. Most of the people who want to move in the summer are people who have families with kids that are mm. school age. Right. Keep in mind, school age. Yeah,
2: focused on getting right. set up and residency. Yeah. For so that if they're school, going they to, to change go
1: to. the child's school district, mm-hmm. then they want to do it because there's plenty of studies that show that a child can get as far as six months behind in their schooling. In a transition like that. Right. Right. So that's why a lot of people want to do it at that time. Totally makes sense. I understand it. My parents sort of, they didn't do that when I was a little kid in 1974. They just picked us up, moved us back to the Midwest because my dad's job demanded it. And I just had to deal with whatever it was at school, which of course, you know, kids are jerks anyway. You know, everybody treats the new person like dirt anyhow. So, (laughs) you know, I went through that. Not, not a big deal, but, um, almost every other kind of property, it doesn't matter what time of year you go. Mm -hmm. You have to find the time that works for you, right? Stop thinking about who the buyer is because if there's buyer activity, there will be buyers as long as your property is well-priced, in good condition, Mm -hmm. you know, or or priced appropriate to the condition, right? Right. right. So there's a lot of people kind of freaking out right now. There's also some question. I mean, a lot of people thought as soon as the head tax got taken away in the city of Seattle that all that Amazon activity would continue to come back into the marketplace.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I'm not sure it has.
2: No, I I know of several customers that are laying back a Mm -hmm. little bit right now, just sort of waiting to see what happens. Right.
1: And the thing is, is we do have a little bit more inventory, but we still see that um, two to three ratio of on market. So when I say the two to three, like there's like 2000 houses a day coming on market and then 3000 going under pending. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting is seeing that we still have about the same number of solds as on market. So there's this weird, mm, you know, like people falling out of contracts yeah, a lot. That's, that's been happening yeah. for a while. And the other thing I'm starting to see, too, because everyone we talked about this, the seller fallacy of like the pricing, because we've had six years of such great appreciation mm-hmm. that everyone, you know, they're kind of pushing high. Mm-hmm. And so we're seeing way more like I, I can just tell you anecdotally, mm-hmm. I'm seeing way more price reductions happening right now across the board. I'm seeing more and more agents starting to do the spam, everyone, you know, the spam a lot, you know, almost, you mm-hmm. know, happening mm-hmm. within the real estate industry, <laughs> where I'm just constantly getting come to this open house, look at this price reduction. Oh, look at And it's like, mm-hmm. you know what, they only start doing that. Mostly when the inventory is starting to sit a little longer mm-hmm. or right, they right. mispriced to begin They're, with. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right.
2: They promised the seller the sky yeah. and the moon. And right. Didn't yeah. pan out.
1: Well, and, and in yeah. some cases, there are um, some agents who'd been artificially putting prices low so that they could then right. claim that they got huge you know, percentages above asking. Yeah,
2: we hear them on the radio from time to time.
1: Yeah, and so what we keep having this, is this fine balance of a client who is willing to, you know, go a little below to make sure that they right. are the most compelling thing on the market versus there's still clients right now who are saying, you know, I want to price in this kind of mid-range where if I happen to get a bunch of people coming after it, great. And if not, well, if, if there's that one person who's willing to pay that price, I'm fine.
2: Yeah. Didn't that happen to you a, a, yeah. a while back where a, a agent listed low expecting, you know, the, the feeding low. frenzy and everything? Yeah. You were the only offer? Yeah. And w- wasn't that sort well, of an awkward conversation you had to have with that agent? Oh, you're talking
1: about the one that was over a million bucks because we, yeah. wrote, we wrote an offer and then he was like, well, they want more. And I went, well, then they should have priced it different. That's right. Because we came in and asked. It was like, um, I'm looking at our guest right now. It was $1.15 million. And our clients came in. They had uh, escalation that went up to about one two five, I think it was. And they thought they were going to get a bunch of offers and get up as high as $1.4. Because we actually could have gone up to $1.4. Yeah. And we're looking at this guy. And I had to have this very bizarre conversation where he was like, "Well, they want more," and I went, "What? What?" <laughs> so they screwed up, is what you're telling me. <laughs>
2: Somebody screwed. We up. We did
1: end up. My clients didn't go to the number that they wanted, but they did come up because the thing was, is there were still people kind of swimming around this like sharks, yeah, waiting to see what was going to happen. But uh, <laughs> so we did get into contract with it. But it, yeah, Crazy. no, that's that's been happening. You know, we had a, yeah. a listing in Renton recently where we priced it at that. I want to make sure you get the price that you like, mm-hmm. even if it doesn't necessarily get a feeding frenzy. Yeah, yeah, right. It's like so. It's it, there's no real art no, you, to pricing. I mean, there's a little bit of an art I mean, to pricing, but there's no you know. magic price no, that's on anything. Right. Yeah, ever. funny about that. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like who are, who's in the market? Who's Wait, got what, what financing?
2: Riva? You mean you mean if you can't sell the home in 29 days, you won't buy it yourself? Oh, geez, don't get me started on that illegal activity. <laughs> I just heard one this morning, you know, radio ad, you know, stating that. Just do you know me that's up.
1: actually? I, well, well, I'm not yeah. an attorney, but I will tell you, Let's I have heard that the it is an illegal end of the spectrum. It's it's sort of an illegal activity. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, it's really you got to be right. careful with those kinds yeah, of things. Absolutely. So anyway, yeah. so. What else do we have to be careful about rates? What's going on with those? Well,
2: we have we have the the sort of the usual push and pull. So, um, rates have been trending upward just a little bit over the last week, um, and and but but there's two things keeping it in check. The first one that's causing the rates to rise a little bit is our Fed Secretary Jerome mm-hmm. Powell. Let's just call him Jay. Uh, Jay okay. Powell. He's, Are you on uh, that kind of a name Jay- basis with yeah, him? Yeah, yeah, you know, Jay and <laughs> I. Mighty friendly. You know, we're tight, but uh, no. <laughs> Jay Jay wants to increase rates still. He wants to kind of keep you know ratcheting those rates up a little bit. because The economy is you know pretty strong. Other economists think, whoa, <laughs> you know, slow down yeah. here. You know, you're head of a, a very esteemed institution, and everybody's you know looking into every word you're saying. And yeah. we don't see the same thing that you're saying. So what we've got going on is what's called a flattening of the yield curve. Okay. And so longer-term interest rates are, are, are lower, or are getting kind of very close to the same rates as short-term interest rates. That's not necessarily good. And as yeah. a matter of fact, if long-term rates go lower than short-term rates, that's called an inverted yield curve. Right. And every single time in U.S. history that's happened, we've gone into a recession. And so so we're Lots seeing this, this, this about flattening of the yield curve. Yeah. Uh it's causing a little bit of concern in the long run in the short run though right now what what's happening is these sort of opposing viewpoints are keeping interest rates pretty flat, you know, pretty much pretty okay. much the same. So right now the national averages for a conventional 30-year fixed rate loan we're averaging 4.70% up just a little bit from from last week, okay. yeah. Um, 15-year fixed rate around 4.18%. Okay. Uh, VA and FHA still lower around 4.42%. And jumbo 30-year fixed rates hovering around 4.52%. So uh, Say that one again? 452 just wow. a little over okay. 4.5%. Okay. And uh, those of you interested in shorter-term loans, a 5-1 arm, that's a 30-year loan with a fixed mm-hmm. rate for five years, is right around 4% today. Okay. So again, these are national averages. Your individual right. rates will vary depending on your circumstances, your credit, the yep. loan amount, the amount of your down payment, the type of property, whether you're going to live in the home or not. Right. All these factors will influence your rates. But we're looking at the trends right now, which are up just a little bit from a from a week ago, but but not you know not not too terribly still below five, uh, much which out is of good. the ordinary. That's that's right. That's yeah. right. So um, you know we're gonna. Still keep a real close eye on that right. and see what happens. You know the trade war is a factor okay. in this. We got lots of lots of different factors coming in on that. Yeah, um, I'm really excited about our guests coming on today, though. Oh, so and, am I. So, so am I. Absolutely. When we come back, uh, we're going to meet uh, Jonathan Frizzell. He is the founding principal of Safe Harbor Strategies. We we'll talking some tax stuff here. Yes. Yeah. So stay stay with people. You're going <laughs> to learn a lot. Stay tuned. More open house with Team Reba.
0: With Team Reba on AM 1580, the answer. Now back to Open House with. Team
2: Reba. Welcome back to Open House of Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Home Street Bank. And I'm Reba Haas from Team Reba. And we're here every Saturday from 2 to 3 o'clock. That's right. Get that time right. That's right. Got that down <laughs> Don't want to miss us. You know what? And and uh, we, we talked to a lot of people off the air, and and uh, so let's get our contact information out there, Reba. Oh, heck yeah. Because uh, we're always happy to answer mm-hmm. questions, help solve story problems. That yeah. seems to be our specialty. Well,
1: we yeah, we solve a lot of story problems. Um, and then we're also open to your suggestions on future shows, too. Of course. Importance. So by all means, if you like what kind of content we're putting out and you want to see certain things, let us know because we'll find those guests to bring on. Absolutely. But if you want to reach out to me, um, the easiest and fastest way is info at TeamReba.com because a lot of my team members see that. We can get a response back to you depending on what the request is because sometimes people are asking about our classes. Sometimes it's about the show. Sometimes it's personal information.
0: Mm-hmm. They
1: want it in their personal situation. Or you can always reach out to me at 206 910 3429
2: by seller text. There you go. And me, you can reach me at (laughs) Eric, that's E R I C, at ericismybanker.com. So, Eric, at ericismybanker.com. And we both have
1: our websites at those things, too, because teamreba.com, you can get a lot of information about us and find other ways to make contact with us. That's right.
2: And ericismybanker.com has tons of tools and calculators and program information, that sort of thing. And a a tool like you. <laughs> Tools from a tool. That's right. And if you want to reach me, you That's can also easy. call me at 206 915 Eric. 206 915 3742. Eric with a C. Eric with a C. Correct. That's right. That's right.
1: All right. Well, now that we have that out of the way, yeah, yeah. let's get to our guest. Yeah. I want I'm to do this. I want yeah. to do this. Okay. I know we said before the break, like, it's about, yeah, we're going to be talking about, like, tax and the IRS and all that. And it's like, oh, stay away Because what do people think when they have taxes is either they, they either get frightened, <laughs> you know, yeah, want uh-huh. to scream running from the room, or it's...
2: Kind no, of. but but uh, I'll tell you what I get excited about this stuff. More money in your bank account—that makes me very excited. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't I'm think all about that. About That's that. how I can buy a boat if I That's, can do things like that. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, heck yeah. So we're really happy to have with us Jonathan Frizell yes. and uh, Jonathan. Welcome. Good afternoon. So, Jonathan is the founding principal of Safe Harbor Strategies yes. and also a Ingram High School alum.
1: I know. I can't believe how many times on this show I find a guest to bring in that you know. I know everybody. I don't. But you're not asking these people to come on like what the hey, you know. Yeah, good point. <laughs> so, I work. A lot, I work hard at getting this stuff put in place. You, you didn't ask me. Just. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. we'll talk about that after okay. the show. Yeah. This is, year, is supposed to be mutual. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I, that's crazy. Jonathan? I love. I yeah. love
2: these stories. I'm going to die, Jonathan, after the right after the show here, but <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. anyway. So,
2: Jonathan, so uh, welcome and and you're a specialist in cost segregation amongst other sort of tax,
3: you know, tax planning and tax yeah. calculation things. So tell us tell us about yourself. Yeah. Well, I gee, I've been doing this now for 12 years. My name is Jonathan Frizzell with Safe Harbor Strategies. Our core service is cost segregation, which is an acceleration of depreciation. Uh, the IRS does allow you to reclassify assets into their shorter depreciable lives. We also offer disposition studies, uh, 45L, 179 EPAC, which we'll talk about later. Okay. So anything people are going
1: to have to go replay this show, I think, because <laughs> you've got lots of multi-syllabic
3: words that you're
1: using. <laughs> All
3: right, well, it, uh, certainly not my intention, but there's the the service services cost segregation for sure, right? And uh, well,
1: and we're going to need you to explain that because if there's a listener out there who's never been familiarized
2: yeah, exactly. the with cost segregation, L thing
3: I got that f- that
2: that's a hybrid, right?
3: Forty-five L, 45 L, that's, actually, that's oh, okay. actually yeah, that's actually specific to multifamily. Uh, okay. For that's energy mm-hmm. on heat and air conditioning. There's, oh, that, that's a okay. tax. I thought it was a Volvo. Uh, so, oh, okay, for God. heaven's Actually, sake. I had one of those. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so so
1: before we get too far, though, can, can you explain what cost segregation is for our listeners?
3: Cost segregation is, uh, has been around since the late 80s. Uh, okay. and, and basically, it's an acceleration of depreciation. All multifamily and single family is at 27 and a half year depreciable life all other property commercial properties on a 39 year uh, we can is that,
1: con- is that also like large apartment complexes does that kind of residential fit uh, in there great or sto-
3: great story even a single family mm-hmm. home or even a, a multi family they're all going to be on a 27 and a half okay. year life usually. so
2: same thing with large apartment complexes
3: that's affirmative that's okay right. so great.
2: folks if if you don't currently own rental property or or commercial property you know let's say you buy a rental property uh one uh, you're going to fill out a, a a schedule e on your tax return basically you're going to list all your income for that property and all your expenses but one of the expenses is depreciation it's not right. really a cash expense it's we call it a non-cash expense right. um but what it's you one can of the do best is, benefits it is and you you can take the value of the improvements of on the property not the land itself but the improvements divide that by 27.5 years for a single family home and uh, and and write that off every year, so it adds to your 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 expenses, lowers your your taxable income.
1: Yeah, it brings my tax rate
2: down every year because of the two yeah. multifamilies I've got. Absolutely. So so Jonathan, uh, how, how does this work then? You're recategorizing these
3: assets. So yeah, how does so that? What does that mean? Well, what basically what that means is is that we're going to reclassify. In layman terms, we're reclassifying the assets, the fixed assets from uh believe it or not section code 1250 real which is 27 and a half or 39 year mm-hmm. and then we're going to componentize and break them down into tiny little pieces into buckets of five seven year which is personal property okay. and then, the, and, then 50, and then 15 years land improvements and then whatever's left over will be left over in 27 and a half or 39 years
1: okay so explain what those categories are
3: um great question uh basically Five year, I'm looking right here in the studio. We, you and I growing up, we look at that, we think that's a window. Mm-hmm. That's actually a vision panel. <laughs> and that is a five year property all day long. Okay. <laughs> vision, panel. vision panel. The wall Love coverings it. here in the studio, the carpet wall coverings, those are five year all day long. We've okay. got this uh, six inch rubber base here on the floor. Yeah. We've got this tile versus roll uh, carpeting. Yeah, oh my that's gosh. five year. What's inside the walls, all the electrical, you've got the doorstop, um, it goes on and on and on. There's literally, if you really want to get technical, uh, depending on the property, Mm -hmm. there's about 10,000 different variants of components. So
2: you can just take a a building or a house and you're breaking it down into all these different categories. You betcha. So I, oh my gosh. I just, okay. I, just I already math. have a ton of questions that just I mean, my own properties okay, I need to so, ask right now. <laughs> well, let's look at some numbers here because, like, let's say I have a $100,000 asset. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm dividing that over 27 and a half years, that's $3,600 a year in mm-hmm. expense that I can claim on my taxes. If I, if I
3: can whittle that down to five years, that's $20,000 that's correct let's just do let's just do some round numbers on that, regardless of what type product type the property is yeah. let's just say we can accelerate that hundred thousand uh dollars at twenty two twenty five percent of that, yeah. and you can actually mm-hmm. the old uh, days you could actually get the Cossack Bennett on new acquisition in the first five years of service, and of course now with the tax reform act yeah. Mm-hmm. That's partly a, how we
1: got you on air. That's one of my questions. Yeah, yeah. we've
3: got a hundred percent bonus. You actually get it in the first year of the service, and the and the beautiful thing about that is you just carry those losses if you can't use them up and we'll get into that later but it trickles down very nicely in your personal returns nice so um, see I very get powerful. excited about talks like this I get this. very excited <laughs> about it too actually well it's very sexy <laughs>
1: yes, cause I, cause I, who knew it's dead I sit in the hashtag with dead my sexy
2: depreciable
3: coffee cup looking out the vision panel that's right exactly <laughs> <laughs> exactly and it makes a difference whether it's wood trim I know or I'm going to hashtag
1: or. this epi- or this whole uh, episode of our show because oh, I'm gonna be like hashtag dead sexy hashtag cost seg, you know, <laughs> it's gonna, or dead sexy cost seg. It's gonna be awesome.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it's it's pretty exciting. Uh, but there's but anyway, anyone any kind of product uh, type of uh, property you're looking anywhere from a hundred and seven. Well, it depends whether you're gonna break it out completely to uh, personal and. The real property. Uh, we'll be performing uh, on, our, on our properties uh, for our clients. They'll be having a complete breakdown of the personal property and the real property. And you may ask, why would you want to break down the, the twelve fifty property? That since it's left over in longer lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I can tell you why that is. If you're going to replace the roof or the HVAC system, which are right. the most expensive components oh, or yeah. units of property of the actual prop of the actual property, what happens is what goes in must come out. Well, there's a value that we can place on that HVAC and rough In a lot more cases than not, you can write off the remaining capitalization
2: of that
3: value. So that's sometimes that's even bigger than the cost seg. And wow. I've done a I've ton of those as well. You know, this
2: reminds me of, like, maybe I'm showing my age here, but going back to before the Tax Reform Act back in 1984? 86. 86,
3: 86. Tip O'Neill and Reagan.
2: Where, where there was accelerated depreciation. So mm-hmm. everybody right. was out buying commercial property whether or not it yeah. made any sense right. to do you know just to take advantage of that depreciation that all went away in 86 yep. and and the the investment got more much more rational but um but what you're what you're saying is is that it didn't like
3: fully go away then at least based on what we can do today well it's a great point eric uh, bottom line is is that the irs got taken to the court and taken to the cleaners by HCA of America, as well as Walgreens, as well as some other court, uh, court cases. And the truth of the matter cost segregation did not become part of the officially of the IRS code until 2000. Four, if I'm not mistaken, okay. but it's been around uh, since the late that '80s. That was right
1: after I got in the industry, it, it, which explains my old partner talking about these yeah, all the time. It's been, a, and it's
3: basically the large cap companies that were doing this. <laughs> and uh, I've been working with investors of all sizes uh, since I started 12 years ago. But the bottom line is, is that uh, it's been going on since the late '80s. It's a very, very, very distant cousin of component depreciation but this is far more engineer specific and of course the irs has some very strict uh atg audit technique guidelines and
2: okay. and w- when 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 we get into this so th- the engineering part is is the critical piece so how do you go in and identify what you know
3: part of this act goes asset goes into what bucket uh great question. Well, the first first part of the process is for me to review a federal tax depreciation schedule. And if it's never been in service before, I'd certainly like to get an estimated split between the building and the land and whether it's a 1031 right. or not. And then if there's going to be any planned improvements going forward. And then uh, the, obviously the date of closing and the type of building. I'm going to get, I'm going to go ahead and get into the uh Pro Google Earth and take a look at the building from the sky. And then I'm going to run an estimate of what I can get in 5 and 15 year. Then after engagement, that's when I roll up my sleeves, and then when the work begins. Okay. I got it. I got it. Very so fascinating. We're go-
1: there's going to be so many details around this. I know that we're going to need to get deep into the next segment with some of the very, very specific stuff. So we're going to need to go into a break here in just a few. But again, for our listeners, we have Jonathan Frizel from Safe Harbor Strategies, LLC. And we're going to be talking all things cost segregation back in
0: Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590, The Answer. Back to open house with Team Reba.
1: Welcome back to open house with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hassa, Team Reba, ReMax Metro East Side,
2: and I'm Eric Austinus from Home Street Bank Home Mortgage.
1: And I'm sitting here dancing in my chair because I'm getting excited about what we're talking about here on air with our guest,
2: Jonathan Frizzell, yeah. Yeah. founding principal of Safe Harbor Strategies. Thanks again for joining us, Jonathan. Yes. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. So during the break, we were talking a little bit, and and obviously the the whole point of cost segregation is to you know accelerate the depreciation of a property you can take more expenses up front it's going to lower your tax burden but what happens once you have that property fully depreciated you've used up everything that that you can use up what's the best step then or how do you how do you come into that equation
3: well oftentimes the families that I've worked with they uh they go ahead and do a 1031 and they do a significant uh step up or a significant upgrade and and go ahead and relinquish that property and then they go ahead and buy another property, and they're usually a step up basis of anywhere from as much as um, at least a half a million, a million to as much as 10, 15, 20 million. And then you start all over again with that net excess basis of that replacement property. And okay,
2: they, so in a, in a 1031, just so our listeners, if, if you're not familiar with it, it's a way to um, basically sell an investment property an income income property it can be a house could be a condo it can be a commercial building uh, purchase a new property and defer any capital gains on that sale you know into the into the new property there's certain steps and Which can timelines, be quite significant and it can really make a huge difference yeah and uh, but but to do a 1031 you've got to have a You know, typically a ten thirty one exchange facilitator involved in the transaction because you can't touch the money. The money when you sell it, it's called boot. That boot's got to go to the exchange facilitator, and then it goes from them into the into the new purchase. Yeah, you don't get that
3: right, Jonathan. I'm going to take you around the country with me, Eric. That's perfect. (laughs) Well, and
1: if if any of our listeners are curious about ten thirty one, you can go back and research our shows because we have had. Qualified intermediaries on the program, and so they they do a great job of explaining. That's all of right.
2: That. We had Philip David on yes. from Banache yes. uh, Real Estate Exchange. Yes. He's a good good fella. Yes.
1: So, so good. Just want to make sure if if you want to do other research on it, you can certainly check it out. But um, we were also talking during the break. Not only is it the the ten thirty one, but mm-hmm. getting into the cost segregation piece again. I, although I probably am going to lose it because you were the one asking the question, maybe you need to reask the question.
2: Well, uh, no, I think I think you're 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 right on 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 track there. So let's say I, I do a ten thirty one exchange. I fully depreciated my old property. I'm going to purchase a new one. One of the things you 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 hit on is very key. You have to bump up. You have right. got to buy something more expensive, right? That's because correct. Because otherwise, yeah. you've you're still fully depreciated. That's correct. Right. Okay.
1: The whole point of the IRS is they want to see
2: you take out more loans. <laughs> well, we don't <laughs> mind, yeah, yeah. As bankers, well the banks we're, to we're totally fine with that, yep. yeah uh so so how does that work then so then you Jonathan, you'll go and look at The new property, but can you still look at the old property as well, the the one that you're
3: giving up? Actually, uh, you can't at at this point because with the Tax Reform Act, you used to be able to, and but at this point in time, it's better just to focus on the replacement property and the net excess basis. And regardless of what type of property it is, there's going to be value. You need at least four or five hundred k. Uh, the net excess basis on the replacement property for me to take for it to make sense to take a look at it.
2: Okay, so f- four or five hundred thousand in new value. Do it's I that have point. that right on the property that you're purchasing? And at that point, then you're going to go in and look at it, look at a do a cost segregation analysis, you betcha, and, and try and see if there's a way that you can kind of break
3: up that that asset in, into shorter depreciation periods. Well, yeah, that's correct. What okay. I'm going to do is rely on my own personal. Historical reference last twelve years, as well as my company, mm-hmm. and we, depending on what type of product uh, type it is, and then I'll go ahead and give something that the client can count on. That's going to be relatively conservative, and I'll, sometimes I'll offer a low and a high, uh, you know, low and a high estimate as well to give them a range. That way, that the, their family can count on something. Got
2: it. Are most CPAs familiar with with this? strategy I, I can think of some that i know where their heads would just explode
3: well it's interesting i've done a lot of cpe uh national cpe uh courses over the over the years and uh they know about it but i don't know how much they bring it to their uh, uh to their clients i have so worked cpe
1: with a... is a, what a certified professional yeah at...
3: credit yeah, okay so, yeah okay. absolutely it's just
1: like real estate agents we yeah, have like to go and get continuing education, education yeah, that kind sure. of thing thanks for that certification
3: yeah. okay. you bet and But I have a lot of CPA clients that I work with, mm-hmm. and it's all about bringing value to their book of business. Sure. I always remind them in a friendly way that it's always their client, it's never my client, even if I put a million dollars in their pocket. Mm-hmm. And it works out great in that relationship. So I work with all trusted advisors, CPAs, tax attorneys work up a, a boatload of CCIMs, real estate brokers. Right. Really Certified any, any commercial kind of investment provider. member is a
1: very special designation, very high designation within real any, estate. Any
3: provider of the commercial property owner uh, Jonathan works with, for sure. Right. Excellent. So
1: how Okay, so how would somebody know if their CPA is down with this? I mean, like, is there like some kind of questions that are worth putting forward to see if they're into Because I'll I, I tell you, I have had a couple conversations with CPAs uh-huh. recently. And had one tell me, no, we don't do that because one, we just haven't seen that it's been that useful and two, we don't have the engineers behind us to do it.
3: Right. That's interesting. We we warranty all our work by the way. So Oh great. Uh, and I and part of my personal success is, is I make it a turnkey application for the for the CPA, the tax professional, the controller, the CFO. So one of the common myths are is that it's a bunch of work for everybody. And the truth of the matter is all the burden and work is on myself and my team. And the, the answer to your question is, and unless the client has not picked up a big tax refund mm-hmm. or hasn't paid any taxes in one particular year, the chances are they haven't done it. I know for certainty that I would suggest a maximum no more than, it depends on what part of the country and, and certain markets, but if you look at the total properties out there, I wouldn't say a maximum no more than 10% or even doing cost seg. And for whatever reason, uh, only
1: ten percent are you, doing it.
3: Ten percent, yeah, ma- at maximum, wow. maybe eleven, ten percent.
1: And do you think it's just because people don't
3: know about it? Well, one thing I was when I was presenting uh, at Washington CCM chapter that mm-hmm. you know, uh, it, right in the middle of a couple hundred brokers, he says, Jonathan, the truth of the matter is, you know, as CPAs, we're down on what we don't know, and we're always up on what we do know. But we need people like you to shake the tree to remind us. Uh, mm-hmm. because oftentimes sure. every, yeah. not everybody can be uh, be all to all services. To I everything. think that's true in any industry.
2: Right. I see it in the lending yeah. side as that's well true. where there's loan officers that there's some really cool loan programs out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, loan officers won't touch them because they've yep. never done them and they don't know anything about them and they don't want to take the time to learn.
1: Well, and frankly, I always say when there's fear, the answer is no. So if mm-hmm. someone doesn't know something, in fact, I was just talking about this that's with some point. of my business coaches recently, because they were like, what makes you feel powerful and what makes you feel like you have less power? And I said, Mm -hmm. well, I feel less powerful in my work and my personal life when I don't know something. Mm -hmm. And I tend to Mm -hmm. kind of want to shrink away from whatever that thing is. It's just like, you know, me buying the boat. I was terrified trying to dock that thing, but I had two very calm, knowledgeable people who walked me through it, both Mm -hmm. in and out of the dock. And then it was like, ah. I did not know this. And, you know, Jonathan and I, even getting to have him on the show, I had just been at a a real estate event in May where they brought in this really awesome CPA from down in California. And he brought up the 481A program, which was all about cost segregation. And then I started posting something about it, and you were like, hey, 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 we gotta talk about this. And I right. went, yeah, I'm so excited that uh-huh. we can. Let's like
3: get you on the air. Like, You bet, yeah, and the 41A, just for the record, is a, uh, that's a, that's when there's a look back or a catch up condition when a property's been in service for one year or more, and that's actually the, the nut or the adjustment of the catch up depreciation that you would have had if you started out with cost segregation the first year of service and it's called a 41A. Adjustment. Wow. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So,
2: mm-hmm. okay,
3: now I'm... I'm See, now you're even yeah,
2: more excited, aren't you? Here, <laughs> so I can catch up. So so, so. let's say I've, I I don't do this. I have owned the property for a year or so. I I, I don't do this. Uh, I don't have to file an amended tax return. I that's can actually, correct. in the following year, do
3: a, a 41A. You can do, do a 3115 change of account method. For more act more number, 3115. Oh okay. That's a little 7-8 pager you betcha for crying out loud. Yeah. Change, and, and that's official and it's automatically approved by the IRS. If you, if you, uh, fill it out, right. So for crying out loud, if you fill yeah. it out, right. <laughs> right, there's always the caveat. You got to <laughs> well, you know, Don't hose idea. it up yeah. <laughs> the first right. time
1: around.
2: So, so Jonathan, how, how did the, the tax reform that was just passed into law in, in uh, last December, uh, affect, uh, your industry?
3: Well, that's a great question, Eric. Uh, gosh, it, uh, we are anticipating some kind of change, but never in my lifetime did I think there, and we'll certainly explain this and define it very quickly, I never thought in my lifetime that we'd see a 100% bonus uh, depreciation on used acquisition property. Uh, you saw 100% bonus on new construction, TIs, and leasehold back in 2010, I believe was the last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, just a quick history on bonus depreciation, what the heck is that? It goes back to 9-11 with 2001 with uh, President Bush and Congress try to uptick the economy. And bonus is defined uh, as 20 years or less of depreciable life. So literally bonus depreciation is basically the benefit of the Cossack study itself, which is five, possibly seven, which is the personal side, okay. and the 15-year land improvements. So it's very, very powerful. And so anything after nine twenty seven of last year, meaning September twenty eighth, twenty seventeen going forward, is subject yeah. to a hundred percent bonus. And I can't tell you how powerful that is. And basically in the old days, uh, cost segregation and new acquisition without bonus, you get it in the first both ninety nine percent of the benefit was in the first five years of service. hmm Now you get that benefit all in the first year, and then of course they can carry those losses forward. And of course, you both are qualified real estate professionals, so get to take those unlimited
2: losses. So let's let's can you explain that? Because let's say we've got a typical homeowner and they they purchase a rental property, okay, and uh, so they are not technically categorized as a real estate professional, correct? So if they incur a loss on that property, when they fill out their Schedule E on their mm-hmm. their tax return, uh, they're not allowed to use that loss to offset their regular income.
3: It, it I, with the risk of sounding like an attorney. It yeah, depends. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and and, they're, and they, they certainly can't passive losses versus passive gains, and mm-hmm. we certainly don't have time for that today. But, right. but but I will say that I work with a lot of passive investors as well as you know facilitators that are active. And it seems like it works for the entire family investors, whether they're active or passive. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Can
1: I get, before we have to get to a break too, can you just quickly define if possible? And if we can't, we'll go into the next segment. You said a used acquisition property. I want to make sure our, our listeners understand some of the terminology. Um, and I think we're about to actually have to go into the Yeah, break. we might so, just have to
2: come back to that right but before, after the break So here. I'm going to
1: tell you what I want you to think about when we come in. Right. Land improvements with that and used acquisition property. But we're going to be talking about more of this with Jonathan Jonathan Frizzell of Safe Harbor Strategies, LLC, when we get back at Open House with Team Rima in a moment.
0: Open House with Team Rima on AM 1590. The Answer. Now back to open house
2: with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Costas from Home Street Bank. Thank you, Batman. And I'm Team or I'm Reba Haas from Team Reba. See, I always get so thrown
1: off by Batman. I just like, whoa, oh, where am I? Oh, what am I doing? Listen, what's Batman answer. doing in the he studio? Has a, he has a level of
2: intensity <laughs> that's hard to match. Oh, I know. I I, I have him. a lot
1: of intensity just by energy level, but that guy it's like You know, it's like, what in the world? Team (laughs) Reba. So anyway, we're joking around. We've got only 10 minutes or so left of the show. So we want to make sure we get into the the meat of some other pieces here with Jonathan Frizzell of Safe Harbor Strategies, because we've been talking about the dead sexy topic of cost segregation.
2: That's right. I love it. Advanced Studies in Cost Segregation with Jonathan Frizzell. Yes.
1: So, you know, I know we've been diving pretty deep into some of this, but... Yeah, you know, like we were talking about during the break, though, Jonathan, that we want to make sure you know, our listeners, we, we know everyone has different levels of understanding, sure. right? And maybe they've been an investor for a long time. Maybe they're new into this. Um, but you said something during the break that really caught my attention. You said maybe only 10% yeah. of these you know, investment property owners ever even start doing this. Mm-hmm. So there is a... Huge amount of opportunity for our listeners out there that if you own investment property, maybe you want to take a look at this. And I know we were just talking during the break. Jonathan, I'd love to put an event together with you where we can have you come in and maybe invite you know investors into that. Because I can tell you, I just I was um sure the moderator for the legal forum of the Rental Housing Association. Sure, I
3: missed that. I saw the post. Yeah,
1: it was really great. And the thing was we had 120 people at that event. Half the room self-manages. And my guess mm-hmm. is they probably also do their own taxes. That's right. Many of them. Well, for a and of so many of them probably aren't even aware
2: of right. some of these things. This might be the first time some of our listeners you've ever heard of cost segregation. Right. Yeah. And
1: now always equate that with hashtag dead sex. Oh, my gosh. Now there's but money being left super on the table. Cool. Yeah. But but again, we, w- we want our <laughs> listeners to get a, a very clear understanding of what we're talking about because i know i was going to ask you about a couple of um descriptive terms that you you used um things like land improvements because you you talked um at earlier phases whether it was during the break or on the show i want to make sure i get back to it i want to know those five seven and fifteen like what are some examples of those things
3: well let's go back this uh, vision panel that we talked about we're mm-hmm. looking at the studio that's a window on a wall so you can see who's coming in or who's going right, out. and we
1: were doing that off air, I believe. Yeah. So I want to make sure our listeners hear right. so what we were chatting to get, about.
3: To give a visual on that. Uh, also, you have, of course, the uh, back to the uh, rubber base. You've got the carpeting. You've got DSL cable connections. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got, and then you get back into lighting and, and electrical. You got primary versus secondary. What is primary lighting? Well, you got these two by four uh, fixtures up here. They're going to be primary, that's going to be structural, that's 1250, that's longer lives. Okay. But if you have decorative stuff... Oh, like sconces, sconces or something? Stuff, that's mm-hmm. personal nature, high ah. track lighting. Okay. Same thing with plumbing. you got specialty plumbing for a specific mm-hmm. business activity, okay. that's going to be personal. And then primary plumbing is going to be structural, that's going to be okay. in the longer lives. Right. It's primary and secondary. Secondary being specialty, primary being... Okay. And real property. Like a toilet? Yeah. <laughs> like what is that? Yeah. Okay,
1: and what were land improvements? Because you gave uh, a great, uh, great visual uh, for that for, too. Uh,
3: revisiting that. Land improvements would be the parking lot, uh, of course the landscaping, and then there's gonna be little mm. personal property items in the in, in the land improvement areas, like wall packs. On the, uh, you see those lighting, the wall mm-hmm. packs in the mm-hmm. back? Sure. Those little rubber stops on the distribution centers in the back, Okay, yeah. those are personal in nature. It goes on it's and crazy. on. It's crazy. Oh my gosh. And wow. I just, there must I be never, such a long laundry list. I, I, mean, I can never turn it off. It's just tax dollars in mine. Right. All the time.
1: Didn't you say it's like literally thousands of components that you it, well, can it, take it, a look when at? You, when
3: you get into the, the estimating, the cost estimating, when you're actually breaking down the, all the different properties, it is in the thousands. Right. But at the end of the day, uh, I'm looking anywhere from 107 to maybe 218, 227 different little. Breakouts. Okay, um, and
1: and you're saying you, but you do this with engineers. You betcha. Okay, so are they a specialized type of engineer? Like, is there a title that they have?
3: Well, the, the engineering is a pretty broad scope. It's uh, obviously PEs or professional engineers, but they could be project engineers, civil engineers. They could be structural. They, okay, uh, I love uh, construction. It's kind of
1: like the same people who do the surveys for homeowners associations of condos, isn't it? Uh, Or no? Is it different? No,
3: that's a very, very distant, distant cousin. I know some uh, uh, companies that do that as well. Uh, What's the name of that study? There's a name for that study. The Reserve Study. Yeah, Reserve Study. Uh, A very distant cousin of that. Okay. Uh, Okay. This is quite a bit more detailed.
2: It's really just, it's going through the, the building in minute detail, categorizing every sort of aspect of it. So... A fifteen, you have a fifteen-year bucket. You have a seven-year bucket. You have a five-year bucket. Okay, got mm-hmm. it.
3: And yeah. here's the thing I want to get very excited about. Also, uh, on gas stations, yeah, huh? up until uh, up until nine twenty-seven, and this goes back for look back and catch-up studies. Gas stations they get a special tax treatment on petroleum activities, quote unquote, have fifty percent of the revenue. It all ends up in five and 15 year. There's no 39 year. So gas oh, wow. stations have huge yield on wow. them. Not to take away from it. And I love doing uh, convenience stores and gas stations and car washes and stuff like that. I mean, the yield on them is out of control. For Cranella. Just to let you know. Wow. Okay.
1: Wow. Well, listeners, if any so- of you out there, because <laughs> you know That's the other thing. For any listeners who are hearing this and this is brand new information for you, how does somebody reach you, Jonathan? I want to make sure we get that information out.
3: Thank you. They can reach me at uh, at, at com. That's js and Jonathan, fs and Frank, rs and Revor, i double zebra ell at s in safe H's and harbor strategies like at sounds.com and my direct phone number is area code 206 399 7769 that's area code 206 206- Three nine nine seven seven six nine, And the good news is, is everybody gets to keep their own tax professional, and we'll make this a turnkey application every time.
2: And, Reeve, I'm sure you, you'll put Jonathan's yes. information up yeah. on your In website. Fact,
1: yes, listeners, we also have some really great content and information that Jonathan forwarded to us prior to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess I should make sure and confirm with you, Jonathan, are those things that we can post as downloadable?
3: Well, information that's what, or no? Actually, that's or should services, people reach out to you? Yeah, they probably should reach out to me directly. Okay, all right, because
1: you sent some really awesome information, and listeners, I would highly recommend that if you have some curiosity about this and think that you might be able to benefit from it, please reach out to Jonathan because there's some pretty outstanding stuff. Because it's not just cost seg that you no, do.
3: No, it's not. We do disposition studies, repair and maintenance. I uh, and we'll certainly talk about this on another show, 179D EPAC 45L. We do R&D research and development tax credits. It goes on and on and on. Nice. But well, I'd make it real clear, and, and to keep the KISS simple, to keep it simple, right. it's, uh, if, if it's already been in service for a year, it's the federal tax depreciation schedule the most current, any improvements you plan to do, and then I can look at the date of service, a physical address, and I could simply get into go look at pictometry and Google Earth and mm-hmm. analyze the building. If it's new acquisition, all I need is a building split, building land, any plan improvements, nice. data closing, physical address, and I'd be happy to run analysis for anybody.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, for some people who may not know this, um, we happen to have a commercial property on market right now uh, in the UW area. That's 19 units. got two commercial spaces and 17 residential units, and you know, that property, I mean, someone buying it, that's the thing is they they have to be subject to the tenant leases that are there. And a lot of them are on one-year leases. Mm -hmm. And I know a couple of units that are getting filled in right now. So someone can't even do like a full remodel yet, Mm -hmm. probably, at least on all of those units. It just seems to me like someone could... Buy into a building like that, and then if they're looking at doing value added, because there's a lot of uh, investors who are buying buildings exactly like this. It was built in 1928, so mm-hmm. it's got, and it's only had one major improvement back in the 90s sure. when they did the plumbing and electrical on it. And given what our marketplace is like right now, someone could totally do a gorgeous remodel inside of that thing, or you know, and and possibly. Take some benefit. Well, to answer your this. question,
3: yeah, we do a, do a value-up studies all day long. This would be a phase two. I go out. We would go after the original basis, and then mm-hmm. and then we have the improvements. We would do an uh, an addendum or a separate Cossack study on the improvements. Yeah and then see what disposition opportunity is.
1: There's nice. I love it. We might have to talk more after the show.
3: Well, Jonathan, we're sure glad we were on
2: today and really enjoyed learning more about this cost segregation. Thank you again. Hope we can have you on again some other time.
0: It be a flat-out privilege.
2: Well, awesome. Well, thank you all for listening today. Another edition of Open House with Team Reba.
0: Thank you for listening to Open House with Team Reba. To contact us, visit Team Reba at re/slash/max Metro Eastside on Facebook or email info at teamreba.com. Join us again next Saturday afternoon at 2 for more Open House with Team Reba here on AM 1590. The answer. Oh. The preceding program was sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Home Street Bank Home Mortgage.